0: This right here is a pillow, a big, soft, cuddly pillow. But let's see what happens if I take this pillow everywhere I go today. You see, just like the pillow, at first, that sexual sin, it felt good, it felt pleasant, it felt innocent. But eventually, you realise you're not in control at all and you've become a slave to this sin. Once sexual sin has been activated, it becomes a part of you and it follows you everywhere you go. You can't put it down, you can't stop it, because you don't control the sin anymore, it controls you. Some of you, you've got absolutely no idea what I'm talking about, but the rest of you, I'm describing the way you live every single day. Look. Before we go into these five strategies, there's one thing you must remember in all of this. In all of this repentance, you must remember there is still hope. You know, I remember when I first got saved, at 18 years old, I went to a meeting on Purity, and I walked out of the meeting with a man who was a similar age to what I am now, and I I vividly remember it. He was absolutely crying his eyes out. His face was that red blotchiness. He, He was panting, he couldn't breathe. And he looked at me as we sat on the grass together, and he said, look, Joe, I just feel so pathetic. I just feel like such a loser. And this sin has become so precious to me over the years and I can't get free from it. That was a man who had lost hope. And I read the messages that you write to me and some of them, I'm not gonna lie, they terrify me. Some of you, you say, I just feel like taking my own life because this sin has eaten me up so much. Well, I plead with you, if you only take one thing from this video, do not listen to the lies of the devil. You might fall into this sin a million times, but there is still hope. Why? Because Jesus has risen from the dead. You know, it's no accident that this morning, I was listening to random Christian songs with my one-year-old boy, and these words were sung in a song. Where sin runs deep, Your grace is more. Richard Baxter once said this, a little mercy won't do. No, I need abundant mercy. And thanks be to God that we serve a God who pours out abundant mercy through his son the lord jesus christ who shed his blood on the cross and any sinner who comes to that fountain of blood can lose their guilty stains and be cleansed and made whiter than snow strategy number one no wi-fi matthew 5 verse 29 says this if your right eye causes you to sin pluck it out and cast it from you for it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. Listen, the fact is this, guys, Jesus calls us to be ruthless of our sin. The Bible never teaches that we should try and get as close to the edge as possible. No, the Bible says, run, flee you lust, get away from it, run in the other direction. Now, I'm guessing the vast majority of you are watching this video now because you struggle with watching pornography you know, seeing wrong images on the internet. Well, let me tell you my story. I, like most men, got hooked in my teenage years. Boys at school were talking about it and how great this thing was. So out of curiosity, I clicked on and found myself addicted very, very quickly. And then I got saved at 18 years old, and there was this fresh power within me, almost instantly overnight I stopped partying, almost instantly overnight I stopped swearing, I stopped doing drugs, I stopped my bad temper, I had this fresh power inside of me, but there was one sin which remained, do you know what it was? pornography and then at 22 years old i got engaged and i was listening to a lot of sermons about marriage and we were going to marriage counseling classes and i remember a preacher saying this he said for a marriage to work for it to be successful and healthy you have to have total honesty. There can't be any skeletons in the closet. You've got to tell your spouse absolutely everything. So I sat down with my wife and I had a a very uncomfortable conversation about my addiction. So thankfully, Emma still went ahead and married me. But we came to the decision that in our new home, we would have no internet whatsoever. For the first two years, that's how we lived. We just literally had a log fire in each other, and I'll tell you what, it was two of the best years of our life. And then what we did is, we, we paid for a, a big contract on Emma's phone, and then we lined it up with a hotspot. So if I ever wanted to use the internet, I could only use it when Emma uh, was in the home with me. If Emma wasn't around, then I'd go to a coffee shop or to a public library. And that's how we've lived ever since. Yes, it was hard. Yes, at times there's been sacrifices, especially since uh, most of my ministry is online. But somehow the Lord's blessed it and he's managed to work it all together. And I'm so glad about that. So if you're watching this, and you too struggle with this this issue. Well, I just recommend that enough to you. You might say, but I can't live without Wi-Fi. Well, let me tell you, people for thousands of years have done just fine without laptops, without Wi-Fi. Perhaps a better method would be just to say to your mom and dad, you don't have to go into details, just say, uh, I don't want to go on the internet. Uh, we turn the Wi-Fi off at 10 o'clock so I can get to bed earlier. And then that way, you're being held accountable to someone else, you're in someone else into the equation to help you get through this. Okay, so number one, no Wi-Fi. Number two, no Wi-Fi. 1 Corinthians 7 verse nine says this, but if they cannot exercise self-control, that's talking about sexual lusts, let them marry, for it is better to marry than to burn with passion. You know, the Bible's very cut and dry about this. If you're struggling with lust, The Bible says, get married, find a wife, find a husband, and that will help greatly. You do realise that sex is a precious gift from God. He made it so that a man and a woman who were married could enjoy it and have this wonderful gift of intimacy together. I mean, just think about right at the beginning of the Bible. God creates this man, Adam, and he's never seen anyone before. And then he puts Adam to sleep. Adam wakes up. And there in front of him is a beautiful woman who he's never, ever seen. He's never seen a woman in his life. How amazing would it be for that couple to look at one another and say, I've never, ever seen another man before. I've never, ever seen another woman before. That's how God created it. Not that our eyes would see so many different images and so many different lustful thoughts. No, that we would just look at one woman. No, that we would just look at one man and say, only you. So if you are getting these desires, what do you need to do? You need to start praying. Lord God, who's out there for me? Do you have a a husband or a wife that you want me to marry? You know, we we often think our marriage is something way, way, way into the future. But I kind of long for the days like when our grandparents used to get married at 18 years old. And then they'd stay together all the way. They meant it when they stood in a church before God and said, till death do us part. And now what do we do? We go out with this person, we have dates with this person, we travel the world, we get our career, we do everything, and then we say, oh yeah, I'll settle down. And what happens? We've filled ourselves up with self so much that we're not compatible with another person. So maybe God could be calling you to get married a little bit younger than you first thought. But I can hear what some of you are thinking. Joe, there is nothing I would love more than to get married, but God has never provided a wife for me. God has never brought anyone my way. Well, for you, I would just say, don't lose hope. There could be a surprise right round the corner. Keep praying. And remember, his grace is sufficient for you. Perhaps the Lord doesn't intend for you to get married. Well, remember this, you can serve God in a greater capacity than I could ever do, than any married person could ever do. I've got a friend, and although he's never had any children of his own, he's fathered hundreds of sons in his life. And I give thanks for that man, how he's inputted into my life too. Number three, fasting. You know, in Mark 9, there was a, a demon, and the disciples just couldn't cast this demon out. And then Jesus comes along and cast him out instantly. So the disciples say, what did we do wrong? This was Jesus' answer in verse 29. So he said to them, this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. Oh my dear friends, the harsh reality is this, some of you You've been addicted to this for decades now and you need something very radical, more than getting rid of your Wi-Fi, more than getting married, perhaps you are already married. You need to get on your face and seek the Lord, get alone with God and fast and pray that he might break these bonds forevermore. I don't know if you've ever been walking up a mountain before, have you ever noticed when a sheep dies in a river and it's blood flows and muckies all of the water, instead of going to the river at the bottom and taking the water out and filtering the water, you do that bit by bit, is that really going to do any good? No, you need to get that sheep from the top of the river, pull it out and then the water can flow through purely and cleanly. And so it is with you and I. If we are struggling with this sin, we have to hit it right at the roots. And the only person who can deliver us from this is the almighty God. So here's the answer you all want to know. How do I fast, Joe? Well, I'm no expert at this, but here are some things that I think are very important to consider. Number one, you really do need to approach a doctor and get some medical advice before you conduct a fast. You might have a health condition that you're not aware of, and in that case, fasting could be very, very dangerous. So make sure you do that before you go any further. Number two, don't fast like the non-Christian. What do you mean by that, Joe? Well, the non-Christian, they sometimes fast for, for health reasons, for a diet. You're not doing it for yourself, you're doing it to to rid yourself of self, to get closer to God. Another thing to consider is don't just do it so that then you can eat a big meal at the end of the day. You know, this isn't about an all-you-can-eat restaurant where you starve yourself all day so you can eat more. No, again, this is not about you. An Indian man actually taught me how to fast. It was a couple of years ago and I was asked to take an Indian man out into the open air to train him uh, to be an open air preacher because he was studying at local Bible college so I said that's great anyway do you know what he said about fasting he said what you need to do is you need to go without food for three days no food just water and you need to get totally alone with God so that's what I did for, for two and a half days actually I went without food and I just had water and that was a powerful time just spending it on the carpet praying and praying and praying and God set loose some big strongholds in my life. Now, perhaps you don't have the luxury of being able to stay in the house on your own and you have to go out to work. Well, please do still go ahead with the fast. But just remember this, every time you get a hunger pang, let that be a reminder that as your belly is craving food, you cry out to God, Lord, let me crave you more than I crave the sin, more than I love myself. Let me have more love for you. Just as my belly needs this food, oh God, I need you. But Joe, what happens What happens if I do have a health condition? What happens if my family, for some reason or another, they won't let me fast? What do I do then? well why not try a social media fast or a fast from video games no video games for three days and spend the time that you'd spend on social media or or playing video games spend it reading the scriptures and begging god to set you free and i do think it's crucial in all of this to remember there is no silver bullet fasting isn't just a one-time thing that you never have to do again do you know how, how i see fasting i see it a bit like a lawnmower just like the grass needs to cut it'll keep growing it'll keep growing so it is with there'll be certain sins in my life that will forever keep growing and I need to go back with the lawnmower and mow them down and do some fasting to get connected to the God who sets me free from all sin number four remember the battle starts in the streets Galatians chapter 6 verse 7 says this do not be deceived God is not mocked for whatever a man sows that he will also reap. my dear brother My dear sister, did you know that your heart is like a garden and there are seeds which have been planted in your heart which will grow. Just like the Holy Spirit goes out and he scatters all these seeds, he uses the words that we say, these gospel seeds, and those seeds grow and people come to faith from it. So the devil goes out and he also scatters seeds. He wants to scatter those seeds of lust. So that person who walks by, who isn't wearing very much, he wants you to look at that and dwell on it. That image on Instagram that pops up on your screen, he wants you to look at that. And all these seeds are being planted. And what you'll notice is these seeds that are planted will take a few days, maybe a few weeks, even months, even years, and they'll grow inside of your heart until the urge, the desire becomes so strong that you go into sexual sin. So young men, young women, guard your hearts. Guard your minds. Because I know that there are men watching this in their 50s, in their 60s, they email me. And they let one seed be planted in their heart and that seed grew in their teenage years. It kept growing to the point where it wrecked their lives, it wrecked their marriages, it wrecked their families. So next time you're walking down the streets and there's something tempting in front of you, remember the second look is fatal. You can't help the first time you've seen it. So you look at it and you look away. But know this, if you look again, that second look will cost you and a seed will be planted. And lastly, number five, don't lose heart. I want to come right back round to how I started this video. Listen to Galatians chapter 6 verse 9. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. You might not know this about me, but I've got a really bad knee. And when I was younger, I used to love all kinds of sports. I used to be into boxing, basketball, surfing, football name, you name it, I loved it. I was very, very sporty as a a young man. And then, uh, I don't know what happened, about three years ago, when I was running, my knee just started to get this dreadful pain. Uh, And now, even when I'm walking sometimes, I'll get this pain. And I've sort of accepted in my mind, I'll never be able to box again, I'll never be able to run again. And my fear is that some of you think like that about your sin. You've let unbelief get hold of you so much that you think, there's no way I'll ever, ever get free from this sin, and I just want you to know Don't lose heart, don't give up. There's a promise here in the Bible. If you keep fighting this sin, if you keep putting off the flesh, you will reap a harvest, you'll reap a wonderful harvest. A harvest of repentance, a harvest of joy, and a harvest of an intimacy, a close intimacy with God, which is what I know every single one of you long for. I'm gonna make a statement now, and you tell me, true or false, is this statement correct? Jesus Christ will never, ever lie to you. Is that true or is it false? It's true, isn't it? So when Jesus says this, if the Son sets you free, you shall be free indeed. Do you believe that? You better believe it because he can beat this sin in your life. And I believe that if you put all you can into fighting this sin and trusting in the risen Saviour, you will have victory one day. So don't lose heart. Now, if you are struggling with guilt and you are struggling with, with self-hatred and, and you feel like this sin has got on top of you, I've got some messages that I think really will bless you. So, so go and have a listen to some of them. And if you haven't yet subscribed, please do click here. We'd love to have your fellowship here at Off The Curb Ministries.